Hi, and welcome to That's My Rainy Podcast. My name's Alicia Myronic, and I am your host and creator of this fun new concept. But first, what exactly is Myrony? Well, Myrony, or my irony, are those crazy coincidences that happen in life that you just can't explain. It's also another word for sign or synchronicity. We've all experienced these throughout our lives, but what if you started paying closer attention to your myronies? What if you started connecting the dots, or as I like to say, follow the spiritual breadcrumbs that could have an impact so big that it changes your life forever, not to mention the lives of others. Now that's myrony. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to That's Myrony Podcast. I am so excited because thanks to, actually, I can say our brilliant podcast producer, Michelle Abraham, she has created something super fun for Myrony, where it's going to be all different kinds of ways looking at how to bring Myrony to the world. And so this one is actually called Myrony Behind the Mic. Because it's a former uh, guest of mine and also dear, dear friend, Dan McPherson, where we just listened to his incredible episode from episode 24 of this podcast. I now have 70, well, I've released over 70. I'm not exactly sure which number this one's going to be. But a lot has happened since we recorded and it came out January of 2021. So we are going to dive into that. But before we do, and before I bring Dan on officially, I want to share about his more up-to-date bio. Is uh, Dan McPherson is a calm and clarity coach, professional speaker and podcast host, world-class trainer, and the CEO of Leaders Must Lead. He's on a mission to help creatives and entrepreneurs build profit and believe dreams are real, which is the name of his podcast. With 25 plus years in corporate roles responsible for up to 2,000 people and more than $150 million in revenue, Dan is a recognized expert in leadership, sales, and business strategy. So Dan McPherson, thank you so much for joining me again for the first behind the irony behind the mic. I thank you so much for having me here. I'm always excited to join you, Alicia, and thanks for the beautiful introduction as well. So I, the first behind the mic, what an honor. Well, we also have a guest uh, co-host, Dr. Theodis Gamet, who is the founder of Sharing, which is an incredible nonprofit that shows nonprofits how to be profitable in addition to people. It's under a certain designation known as a 508C1A, and it is a spiritual and humanitarian organization. But so I'm I'm bringing uh, Theotis on be, from the perspective of, well, also to just be able to connect here, the stories of why we we choose to do what we do in this world of helping people. And so the beautiful thing is we listeners, we just listened to Dan's incredible episode, which was 20 episode 24. It was an hour. We sat here. We had kind of a listening party. You know, they have these these shows now where you listen or people are talking. And the whole idea with podcasting is if you're talking, you really can't hear what's going on. So the podcast is actually going to be at the end of this, but we have just literally in real time listened. And I actually asked Theotis to stay muted until it was time, because one of the things that I described Theotis at is that 
he uh, was given this incredible vision from God to how to help humanity in the most profound way when he was 16 years old. And the more I have found out is I compare him to baby Yoda, where he is unbelievably powerful because he's been following God's direction, but he's been in an egg for 40 years. So slowly we're bringing, uh, we're, we're bringing him out to the world. And so I'm keeping him in his little egg for a little bit longer so that you and I can just catch up on what has happened in the past, you know, over two years since you recorded, um, because so much has changed, including the new title that I absolutely love as you as a calm and clarity coach. How would you describe what that actually is? Yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I spent a lot of time in the first maybe six years of my company trying to figure out what to call myself. And I'm sure other people called me plenty of names, but as I was trying to figure out what to share that encapsulated what I did, I was constantly frustrated. I would be referred to as a life coach and a business coach and a personal development coach and a hundred other types of coaches and speakers and all of these things. And what I finally did, which probably would have been smart to do earlier, is I went to all of my clients and I said, what do I do? What do I do for you? And their first answer was almost my biggest fear. They said, you do everything. That's great, but it is not at all marketable. And I said, so tell me, when you think about me, what is it that I really do? And they said, you help us find our calm and you help us gain clarity on what to do next. And that really connected, and it connected with another lesson that I had been learning, which is that there was only one path to true momentum. We all want momentum. We all want to be able to move forward in a beautiful way in our life and business. And I've learned that the only path to true momentum is calm, clarity, and focus in that order. So it makes sense that I'm a calm and clarity coach because that has to come first before you get any of the places that you want to go. And from there, I started sharing that title and a lot of people went, wow, that resonates. Other people went, ew, I don't care about that. And I'm like, great. It's divisive. That's the best title of all. I'm in. Okay, well, after a little bit of technical difficulty there, I'm hoping we got the first part on uh, that we were recording, Dan, because my battery died, internet went crazy, you know, good old technology. But you were just talking about how you became a calm and clarity coach. And when you did a video on your on Facebook and you have this whole series coming out, I was like, oh my goodness, that is the best way for you to describe what you do. You know, because um, ugh, it just spoke to my heart in that way. But in addition to what we what's been happening in the past two years, you know, because you have uh, leaders, leaders must lead, but you also have the foundation that you want to help people with suicide. And for listeners in this episode that you're going to hear uh, that comes after this, the amount of times that Dan has himself been confronted with suicide and also lost people to suicide. You said it was like over 150. That was two years ago. I don't even want to know what the number is uh, at this point. I hope it's not, well, I guess in two years since that. What would be yeah, your response to that? Well, that when we recorded, it was well over 100. And now it's 157 people that I personally know that I've lost. And it breaks my heart. i passionately believe that's the largest pandemic in the world by far. And I agree so with if you. That's, that's something that, that we need to do something deeply about. And if we change that, the world changes. 
I absolutely agree with you. And that is when we bring baby Yoda back out of his shell, Theotis, in just a moment, you know, to, to talk about that because um, I, that's near and dear to my heart because I lost my 14 year old nephew to suicide. Um, and I have, uh, I, I, there was always a foundation that I wanted to help, you know, in that. So that's one of the, the sad myronies that connect you and I, um, but also, you know, in just the past couple of years, is there anything else? Because again, we don't want to give too much away. And of course we want to bring Theotis back into the world of, of, you know, what's been going on. <laughs> well, lots of, lots of things have happened in my world. Certainly the changes in business, but also when we spoke, I, I had had one heart attack. I've now had four okay. and, and we discovered that, in a in a challenging myrony, if you will, that for the for the second one, when we started exploring it, we went in thinking, oh, this is one of the other arteries that had been clogged. And what we found is no, indeed it wasn't. It was the exact same artery as the first time that only a couple months after that heart attack had now been 99% blocked. And they went in and looked at it. And what they found is it was exactly the same. I have exactly the same genetic curve in my artery that my mother had that she died from. Now, a myrony that we didn't talk about in that in that episode was that I had my first heart attack within a week and a half of the age my mother was when she died from that. So I survived it within literally 10 days or 12 days of the age she was when she had hers. And then went on to have three more from the exact same piece. So my my artery gets full, and they have not really found a way to control that. But I'm fortunate now that it's that it's actually been a year since I've had one, which is great. They know that I'm fully clogged, but I'm able to work. I've I've been I'm healthier. Part of the reason I'm healthier, I suspect, is because I also went through a divorce after 25 years of marriage, and it and so moving into a different space. My amazing child, who I referred to in the last episode as Bryce, came out as trans and is now Sophia. So we've we've worked through that and I support her and I've raised an army to support her around the world as well. So we we have a few balls in the air and probably quite a number of others that I that I could list. But those are some of the high points, if you will. Well, a lot has happened in the past couple of years, but it was such an honor to re-listen to your episode because, you know, one of the things with podcasting, and I think uh, if you agree with this, we record and in a lot of cases, we never know what we say. And, <laughs> and then we go back and listen, but it's been a couple of years. So, you know, you were so gracious to be on this podcast when it was only, uh, I mean, what did I have? Maybe a couple hundred or maybe a couple maybe a couple thousand, you know, I finally reached that 10,000 point. So it's really fun to congratulations. Thank you so much. And, and your podcast, I mean, how many episodes are you in now? Because I was in your incredible 210, I think. So and I took, anyone... a, I've taken recently a three month break, so it slowed down, but about 210. Wow. And I, and I will say on your podcast, Dreams Are Real, was the rawest interview I ever did. I'm going to look up and see which episode that was for any of the listeners that want to hear my my crazy, myronic story that, uh, boy, did we go, we went deep. But Your story uh, is incredible. And you that was as clear as I've ever heard you share. And it's definitely worth a listen. Uh, well, thank you. Well, on that note, we're going to get... Yoda's, aka Baby Yoda, out of his little egg. 
because he's kind of waking up from a nap and he's heard the story. He's kind of meditating. He was editing his little egg while he was listening to our our incredible interview. So on that note, please welcome uh, my amazing guest co-host, Theotis, or also Dr. Theotis Gamut, the founder of Sharing. And now we're going to talk about that. Hello, everyone. <laughs> You're like, so it's kind of funny, listener. So I, I have this whole fun kind of way that I'm, I'm trying to surprise my guests, my my uh, my co-hosts, what we're going to be talking about. I'm just throwing things left and right. So I did not say to Theotis that I was going to have him on mute until it was time to bring him on. But the reason I wanted to bring you two together is because the, the with, with sharing it stands for Sending Hope and Rebuilding into National Goals. Uh, Theotis was given this incredible vision, and um, it was actually episode uh, 75 that I share a little bit about that, and Theotis and I are going to go deeper and deeper into that. Um, I am uh, sharing's first, um, I'm the OG brand ambassador for Myrony and Sharing kind of coming together, and so kind of came up with this idea of how can I introduce my amazing friends on a global level to this unbelievable, amazing guy who has followed God's will to a point where he doesn't even know any sort of pop culture. And that's why I'm now calling him Baby Yoda because I'm, make, I'm allowing him come to the world. So on that, I'm so happy to connect you to and now hear what your thoughts were, Theotis, on what you heard of Dan's interview. Well, Dan, it was wonderful to hear your story and where you're at right now. And we have a lot of some similarities as far as being, you know, started starting off as business consultants. I was actually in the Marine Corps and then got out of the Marine Corps um, and became a head pastor of a church. Uh, so I know you have a, a Christian background also, it sounds like, from your podcast. And I do. I moved across the country to be a pastor and never did. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I yep. studied to be a pastor and I said, God, I, I don't see myself staying in one church forever <laughs> <You know? laughs> after tasting the world and get to see what the world's like. And But I started working with the homeless and that's when my life pretty much started again because um, like you, uh, I want people... Uh, I want people to find their purpose in life uh, and fund it. Uh, and through social entrepreneurship, uh, I believe that that can solve homelessness. Anyone, as far as people that don't want to be homeless anymore or, or be in poverty, they have a choice to get out of that. Uh, and so we researched tens of thousands of companies uh, and we have the best of the best right now that we're bringing to the world to help everyone if they're homeless if they're podcasters if um, you know whatever situation in life they're, they're at um, you know we have answers we call i call these gifts from god and one of the cool things i, I heard you say about you what did you say something real what was it real well dreams are real dreams are real exactly and if you look behind my shoulder it says sharing sharing a real cause so we just started a website called realcause.com and, 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 you know, and what's the real cause it's people and their purpose, you know, uh, their God given purpose. And so 
Um, so we got, we, we go, you know, people give up on their dreams. They lose hope. And when people lose hope, guess what happens? Certain certain amount of people, they commit suicide. And part of what, um, you know, hearing you guys talk and your your backgrounds, I, my, my uncle, um, he committed suicide. You know, you know, if you call it suicide, he was on dialysis. And he decided he didn't want to live anymore. So he stopped taking dialysis uh, and died. And so and it, was, it was quite a, a, a loss for us because uh, we were really close. Um, and But what I, what I realized is that when you can connect with people and give them hope, then they can um, hopefully come out of that, uh, especially give them a way to come out of it. And so, you know, with what God's given us over the last 40 years, uh, is a lot of answers to help people physically, financially, emotionally, and spiritually. Because in every area, um, there's things that kill us. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, like you said, heart attacks, you know, that are killing people, cancer, diabetes, um, finances, you know, people lose their finances, they commit suicide. Emotionally, uh, if they're not connected, they commit suicide. people commit suicide. Um, and then spiritually, if they don't have any, any, uh, you know, someone, you know, if they don't believe in God or believe in something, then they can lose hope and commit suicide. And so for us, you know, we want to help people through that thought process and, and walk them through uh, by connecting with them and, you know, realizing, you know, that all, all hope is not lost and that they can, uh, you know, still have the resources and the people around them to help them succeed. And, and it all, you know, a lot of people die without realizing their dreams or their purpose in life. And so by, you know, realizing that their dreams can come true uh, is uh, quite a, a, a joy for me. Just having people realize it, you know, is, is amazing. And then we can work on achieving it from there. So... I see that we have a lot in common and in, in our purpose, you know, there. And I think that's why Alicia is here uh, with us because, you know, her passion to do that is, is big too. Um, and, and, and I believe a lot of it, you know, is spiritual, um, you know, but, you know, as far as um, realizing who God is and uh, in, in where everything ranks and, you know, as far as family, money, uh, health, God, and, Having fun, you know. Having fun is what we have to work on. You know, at least me. <laughs> well, that's I, what I, we're I'm doing. We're focused. making it fun for you. We're, you've been literally yes. doing, and and I like to say when I when I bring God into the conversation, is I say God is love with an awesome sense of humor. Right behind my shoulder here is Winky, and that's how I represent this more modern way of looking at God. So when people hear the word God, it's not to turn against it. It's your own personal relationship, whatever you want to call it. If it's on the Christian side, wonderful. If it's on, you don't really connect to God and universe, that's okay. It's whatever speaks to you on a higher level, which I do want to go to you, Dan, because you've really been tapping into your energetic and like, you're like, oh, <laughs> I was listening. When I did that, I feel like I was just channeling that message. You want to share a little bit in the two years, since the two years what we recorded, how you even said, oh my goodness, my energy was so different because you hadn't connected to what, I mean, I call mine my spiritual spidey sense. 
what do you what would you call the gifts that you are currently connected to? Amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it I, is amazing. I, I guess I did leave out a significant change of the last couple of years. If you if you had asked me three years ago, I had a lot of friends who were energy workers and light workers and things like that. But if, if you had asked me then, Dan, what, what do you think about energy work? I probably would have raised an eyebrow, looked skeptically at you and said, ah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are things, there are coincidences, there's stuff that happened. And what I have learned is that energy work is real. And not only is it real, but I have some understanding and connection to it. And it actually is through a mutual friend, Ian Hawkins, that the unveiling of that began when one night on a call, he said to me, he said, he said, Dan, you're empathic. And I said, what are you talking about? And I, I went away. And a year later, after having re recognized just a couple months in that I looked at people and I spoke with people, it wasn't just, oh, yeah, I kind of read them well. It was, no, I can, I can actually see and feel what they're thinking. And I can see their colors of their energy and all of that. And I was sharing it and finding how amazingly accurate it was. So I went back to him and I, and I got on another call and I said, you were right. And I was less right. And then, and then he said, okay, I've got another message. He said, Dan, you're, you're a healer. And I, and I, and I was just like, come on, really? Like I had one message that was good. I didn't need another one. And through that week, that the week that he shared that I had five different people who none of whom know each other, who came to me and said, Dan, you're a healer. And I was like, I don't understand because there's all these different modalities. And I know that I don't match any of the modalities. I know the very last person who shared it with me, they said, Dan, you heal with the words and the spaces between the words. And then it clicked and it made sense. And I recognized that's where I was making a difference in people's lives was how I shared and what, what I could see with them and how I could connect with them. And then how I was, I was able to share the words. And so that was, I thought, the end, right? Because we all think, oh, all right, cool. I've got that. I understand me now. And it has gone on from there in this rapid escalation, especially over the last few months, where I've come to understand that there's more to that energetic space than I might have guessed, <laughs> whether it be the opportunity for precognitive events, whether it be the opportunity I've learned uh, a good friend of mine, Lee San, who is one of the energy workers I most respect in the whole world would tell you that she refers to me as a divine blacksmith because I can see and create energetic things that other people can see. So that's been interesting and unusual to uncover and being able just seeing these things unlock and connect and being able to reach out to someone that I have a connection with and see what they're going through and feel what they're going through, or even reach through them to help somebody else that I don't even know. Having these things uncovered in the last several months from something that I believed 0% existed three years ago has been eye-opening and perspective widening to say the least. But it's also been amazing because it integrates with exactly all the other things that I do. And it allows me to support people in a much greater way. Oh, I love that. Well, I want to bring in a little bit more Myrony because um, Jacqueline Lafitte was with me when I met Dan at Tiffany Largie's uh, Do the Damnation. She was with me when um, I, uh, in San Jose, when I met Tiffany, 
Now here's the irony, Dan. Uh, Jacqueline is one of the sharing ambassadors at the level of ambassador for humanity. She was given this profound vision of how to bring clean water to the world and we got connected to sharing. But this is the irony that I wanted to share while we're recording is that it was Annette Parker, not at the event and Annette was at, was at Do the Damnation. You guys sat at the same table, didn't you? We did and we've spoken since then too. Yeah, well, she's one of my, I still, she's like one of my spiritual soul sisters. And she just, she's also an energy worker. She has this incredible energy uh, modality called Vibe. And she, it wasn't at the event. It was later on that, and I guess I'm just being guided to share this part of the story because it's so crazy. It happened on June 1st, 2020. We actually met um, January of 2020 was when we were there for Do the Damnation, wasn't it? Or wait, when's your birthday? February. Or February. February. That's right. It was February. That's right. So I won't be forgetting that date. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You will, the, for listeners, you'll be hearing how he, Dan came from Michigan to LA because him and this, ho and the host of this event had the same birthday. So I'm not going to give too much away, but the funny thing about this is that it wasn't, um, it wasn't at that event that I connected with Annette. And so June 1st of 2020 was right after the, um, the or the we're in the middle of the pandemic. I was woken up at like four something in the morning and I was like, oh my goodness, what the heck is going on? And I was guided to go look at Facebook and I see this author, his name, Neil Donald Walsh. I had no idea this name. I look him up and it says conversations with God. And I was like, wait a second, because I've been saying I had this experience on May 10, 2015, where I spent 24 hours with God. And I, I had no idea about this book. So the funny thing is, is that morning I had a call with Tiffany Largi at 9 a.m. And she invited me to join her group. Now, I had been in a position where $99 a month in extra was going to be a lot of money. And I just was like, okay, I'm doing it. That's actually how I connected to Annette. And then Annette connected me to uh, the amazing woman by the name of Helen, who is the reason I got connected to uh, Dr. Amy McKenzie, uh, who is the managing director of Sharing, which is also uh, Theotis and Amy say they have an arranged marriage by God. And that is now how I'm connected to Sharing and Theotis. Now that's a pretty interesting interweaving a divine design don't you think of course but the whole point of sharing that for the listeners is look at these little these these little crumbs that we just chose dan talks about how he knew he needed to go to this event in uh to um let's just really quickly recap on what they're about to listen you went to an event in um now I'm drawing blank where you went for in uh, Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia. You knew you needed to do that. You knew something was going to be transformational in that. And then look at what has opened up. And now here you are. Like, I'm just so happy that we are all connected because we, we do want to help humanity in this profound way. And to, to, that is my mission. Truthfully is I want to rid suicide from people's minds. I mean, you can go into those suicidal thoughts. I was even suicidal this past summer 
I was even suicidal this past winter. Because one of the things is um, when you know you have a bigger purpose and you don't know what it is or what you're trying to find, um, you can go into some really dark holes. But I find it very interesting, Theotis, you've told me before that you had this bigger purpose, but you always felt protected by God. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I think if I was by myself doing what you were doing, I would have lost my mind and absolutely could not have carried on. Well, when you're called by God to do something, uh, for me, it was extremely real. So I made a deal with God that, you know, I'd follow him. And, uh, and I just asked a couple of things, you know, like take care of my food and shelter <laughs> you know, and I'm good. And so even in the middle of the desert, in the middle of war, I felt protected. as like I was watching a movie, you know, um, because I was there to learn. I was there in every experience, you know, he's brought me through as to learn uh, about, you know, life and humanity and um, how to help people uh, just in preparation for this day um, of being able to um, share with people um, what God's given us. And so my job is to help people find a God-given purpose and fulfill it. That's it. Um, and that's my greatest joy. And so, um, you know, so that's that's my protection. I I asked you, Dan. Though I do have a question for you, because if I can share a ironic message with you. Of course. <laughs> when you was talking about your um your heart and and the blockage, um, one of one of one of this uh, one of my friends, uh, Roger Hill. I just told you about him, Alicia. Uh, we just did an interview with him. I think it was yesterday. Um, it was yeah. just yesterday was Thursday. Yeah, it was yesterday. And he came on one of our calls and spoke about his product. It's a mitochondria product. And and you, when you couple that with um, other products, it just helps the other products work better. But one of the things with this, um, this um, mitochondria product, it helps with your heart um, and, and, and strengthens it, you know, because it's a muscle, right? Uh, and, and he talked about that during this... Um, interview which uh we'll get you the link to to listen to it but um uh, you know we have some amazing all natural products that you know could certainly help you um and has helped a lot of other people uh and and that's what we're here to do is to give people answers when they don't have answers and it's nothing that we've done it's just we've recognized and uh and and you know, give God the credit that, you know, they're here to help people. And so, uh, you know, I just encourage you to, uh, you know, look at it and, and see what you think and, uh, and watch, you know, look at the science behind it. It's pretty amazing. And you can, Thank you. you know, if you like it and if it works for you, then you can share it with a lot of other people too. Well, and there's, a, there's also a stem cell called Cerule that also is helping mm -hmm. with the heart. And um, that's a, that we can go into a deeper conversation, and but blood flow, you know how I got, yeah, to, yeah, to get blood flow. And you know how I got taken out by that chair, Dan. And I talk about this in episode 75, where I literally got taken out by a chair and had this horrible nerve damage. Well, since I've been taking the Cerule, the nerve pain has come back, but I know it's waking it up and healing. So who knows? Because you, yeah, your situation with your heart, I mean, Oh my wow. goodness. You're like the bionic man. You just keep going and going, but that's because you have a bigger mission. And I feel like 
I truly do believe you have finally found your calling as the calm and clarity coach. In addition to everything that you do with leaders must leaders must lead and really truly proving that dreams are real. So on that note, uh, Dan, how can people connect with you? What's the best way? Um, since I know, you know, some things may have changed since we recorded. <laughs> For sure. There are three easy places to find me. The The place I hang out the most is on my Facebook page, which is my personal page, which is, I, I guess, now that they have a public figure page, it counts as that. But find me there. I post lots of great stuff. You can also look for the Dreams Are Real podcast and then email me, dmcpherson at leadersmustlead.com. I respond to all messages and all emails all by myself. So I will, I love people matter most relationships are everything. I want to meet and connect with new people and anybody I can help with calm and clarity and finding their dreams. I love to do that too, but you know, mostly I just love to support you and this greater mission in the world. Oh, that's wonderful. And Theotis, how can people connect with you? You finally have a LinkedIn page where we finally, we're bringing him to social media. He's not on Facebook yet. He will be, but how can people connect with you right now? That's a good question because uh, we do have a lot of a lot of websites, a lot of brands. Uh, I guess I can just pick one. Um, let's do realcause.com since we have Dan with with uh, dreams are real. Realcause.com has my information on there, uh, and 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 it also talks about leadership with our ambassadorships. And so I love Dan that leaders must lead is resonates with me because even though we might be helping people we need a lot more leaders to help more people. And so our ambassadorship program trains leaders, uh, trains ambassadors and community advocates and um, humanitarians, you know, to go out there and, and make a difference in the world. And I am proud to be one of those ambassadors. So it's, uh, so yeah. we will definitely connect more and um, I can't wait for you two to just talk, you know, not while we're recording, but, um, this has been so much fun. I hope you guys enjoyed the listening party and uh, and just being able to catch up after a couple of years since we recorded, Dan. It was definitely a trip down memory lane. Definitely a Myronic memory lane. So, <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Always the Myrony. Yes. Exactly. Well, thanks again to you both and to the listeners. I'll see you next time. Hi, and welcome back to That's Myrony Podcast. I am your host, Alicia Myronic, and I am so excited to have my friend, very good friend, Dan McPherson here today, which I'm going to tell a little bit about Dan. But Dan was actually part of the first interview I ever did for <laughs> That's Myrony. I know. How crazy is that? But anyway, a little bit about Dan. He, he, uh, Dan is an international speaker business and personal development coach and CEO of Leaders Must Lead. His mission is to help creatives and entrepreneurs create and grow profit and understand that their dreams are real, which he is also the host of the amazing podcast, Dreams Are Real. So Dan, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here and I appreciate you inviting me and Dreams are real, as you prove, and you told your awesome story there, so I'm glad to be here. Yes, that was so much fun being on your podcast, and 
I have to admit that was that that was the rawest, most authentic that I've ever shared on 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 the air for sure. <laughs> we, we went deep and it got very very real, but I, I was I was excited about what you shared and how much it has the opportunity to to help people those who listen and get a picture of your really a deep picture of your world fantastic uh, well thank you well just to um let the audience know so um how we connected is actually we shared in episode four which is funny because it was episode four but it was actually the first time i got behind a mic and <laughs> I, I had no idea what I was doing. Thank goodness I had, you know, my my co-host Todd, who last, you know, last week was my first one that I, I wasn't able, well, not last week, just, well, yeah, it was last week. I did my first uh, solo episode. So thankfully I had Todd with me because I will admit I was terrified out of my mind. <laughs> I understand how that feels. When I did my first episode, I was terrified out of my mind as well. Yeah. So we got to share the story about how this podcast actually came about and you are actually the completely the catalyst for making that happen that connected to Michelle Abraham. So we're going to give a shout out to Michelle because oh, Michelle is amazing. Both, yes. We both love Michelle. So anybody who is looking to do a podcast and they don't want to do all the work behind it, Michelle Abraham is the is, is the woman to connect with. <laughs> she is her and her team at Amplify You are amazing. I, I do not know what I would do without them. Oh, I know. Seriously. Right. And she's also, I love, you know, she says she wants to be the Hay House for podcasters. So you want to hear something really funny? I don't know if you remember that part. Um, so when she said that, that was what spoke to me. But uh, she actually brought in about um, as soon as she said that on your on your podcast, there was a client that came in, uh, a Karen Kenny, and she apparently her her spiritual mother is Marianne Williamson. Nice. I'm interviewing Karen in two days. Fantastic. And I had Look no idea, but it was just so funny because that was shared on the first episode. So that, you know, going into myrony, this concept of myrony, the crazy coincidences that bring us together. So going back to listeners, please check out episode four if you really want to hear the story of how Dan and I met. But part of that journey was because you chose to take a trip at the last minute to be part of this speaking summit. And um, I want to go back further because you have such an incredibly amazing story. Like when we connected, I mean, my heart, like we want to talk about what you haven't gone through because I don't think there's anything you haven't gone through. Oh, I'm sure there are many, many things I haven't gone through. Not, <laughs> as, not as many that I would like to. I don't want to add to the list, really, of challenges. But I'm, I'm honestly fortunate for what I've been able to experience and what I've been able to go through. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that it allows me to connect with so many people around the world to truly empathize and to have at least some degree of understanding of what many have gone through. That doesn't mean that I love the suffering or that I love the challenge, or for that matter, that I've had more of it than others. It just means that I've had an opportunity to experience things that let me create a bond and really be able to connect on a wide spectrum. Yeah. So when we look back and I mean, your story um, with your, with your mother and your upbringing. And I mean, I know how you, how you um, 
how you share about your mom. And I'm going to give, you know, shout out on your podcast when the, um, what episode was that when the, uh, when Ian interviewed you, that was just one of the most beautiful interviews. Yeah. Ian did a, Ian Hawkins, another good shout out. Great, great guy. And a good friend of mine. He had an opportunity to take over my podcast, which he was the first person (laughs) that ever did. And when he did, that was, uh, that was episode 50 for us. Okay. Episode 50. So yes, anybody, you know, please check out that, that, oh my God, that just pulled my heartstrings in every way possible. And so what I want to, and what I really want to look at is when you look at these things that have happened in your life and, you know, with with what I've gone through, I see that too. Like I was given signs all along or I would get these intuitive pulls all along. And a lot of times I now realize it was so, um, I would just, uh, you know, keep going really. Right. (laughs) And so, um, question is, did you see that when you were younger? If you, if you look back on it, you know, to keep, keep giving you the strength to keep fighting? Well, I, I would say this, that two things. One, if you were to list my strengths, I put number three as resilience. So as I, <laughs> as, as I have come through things in life, I've recognized that I, I am gifted with a pretty significant amount of resilience. I look at it now that I, I, I am willing to and, and empowered to run to the next failure because I know that when I hit the ground, uh, I, I know I'll pick myself back up again. And if I run forward, eventually I'll get to the success. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to one of the questions that we ask at the end of our podcast is what is the number one characteristic that, are, that an entrepreneur needs if they're going to be successful? 85% of people who answer that question, successful entrepreneurs, will say some version of grit, resilience, et cetera. So that's I, there. Yeah. I say tenacity. <laughs> yeah. So sim- similar idea, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that the second, the second thought that comes through my head is a moment right after my first suicide attempt. So I grew up a little bit crazy. I think many of us did. And when I was younger, I was hidden from my mother for six years. I was taken into a separate abusive situation. When we came back, we were we were poor and my mother was selling herself so that we had rent and we didn't have food to eat. And I was bullied and a lot of the things that a lot of people deal with. She got married, remarried, and I was exposed to drugs and alcohol and violence, all sorts of things in that world. And I I got, like a lot of teenagers do, to this spot where I felt completely hopeless. I felt lost. I felt just despair at such an incredible level. And I felt like I didn't, I just didn't have what it took to go on. I didn't have the, the tools to go forward. I didn't have the perspective. I didn't have the light. And that was my first suicide attempt when I was 16. But I came out of that And there were two things that I understood coming out of it. The first was a guiding principle of my life now, which is that your environment, no matter where you are, no matter, no matter who you're around, that that may have influence, but it's our choices that truly create change. And that, that was embedded in me deeply at that point, even though I might not have identified it that way. The second is the relevant part to your question, which is that for the first time in my life, I went from feeling completely hopeless. I was still lost. 
lost. I was still confused, <laughs> but I knew that I was meant to do something that mattered. I knew that yeah. I was meant to have a significant impact to help a lot of people. Unfortunately, I had no idea how the hell to do that or what that would look like. But that was the first moment where I think I became aware that something was coming and that I needed to work, that I needed to stick in there and stay and work towards something. Uh, well, I'm so glad because I mean, you know, I just lost my 14 year old nephew to suicide and I wish, you know, and, and that's part of what we're, what we're both doing within our podcasts and bringing, and just in the work that we're doing is bringing this awareness because, you know, my, my suicidal attempt and suicidal thoughts and, depression and things like that. And, and I truly believe, you know, we sometimes we go through that so that we can understand, because how are we supposed to help people if we haven't been through it ourselves? But it's like, you know, with, with your first attempt at 16, it's like to be able to be able to pull yourself out of that. Thank God that you were able to. Well, I'm, I'm thankful for a friend who interrupted me, even though she didn't know it at the time. And she was there. And, and 20 years later, I told her that she had saved my life at, at uh, really, ironically, and I, at an opportunity when I was saving hers. Um, she, so that's a cool story that I can come back to in just a moment. Yeah. But, I would want, but I would want to know that A, I didn't do it alone. And B, you mentioned the, the bringing awareness to suicide. As you well know, that is a passion of mine deeply. Mm -hmm. I'm forming a foundation called Light from Darkness because I believe there is always light through the darkness. But here's why. As I went through the podcast and I, I went through my life and I've spoken out significantly about leadership and depression and anxiety and, and helping to bring this into the open and the importance of doing that. But as I did the podcast, 40 of my first 70 guests they shared their experiences with suicide. And I thought, whoa, this is a high number. Mm -hmm. So I decided to send this email to 300 entrepreneurs that I know. And I sent it and it was only two questions. The first question was, how, was do you suffer from anxiety and depression? 70% mm -hmm. of these successful entrepreneurs sent back yes. Second question, have you ever seriously considered like, planning level or actually attempted suicide, more than 30% said yes. Mm -hmm. This is greater than any pandemic there is in the world. And I'm passionate about reducing those numbers dramatically and showing people that there's always light through the darkness. Well, and I would love to help in whatever way I can, because, you know, as you know, there were certain things that truly saved me, books in particular, that then when I was able to understand more but without that, I wouldn't be here. And, you know, it's just, I just think that when we can bring awareness and when we can share authentically and openly of our own experiences is how we can, you know, truly help other people. And so I appreciate your, your candidness and, you know, that we can share this openly because this is the dark side of life, but there's, there is light at the end. You know, and we just have to, it's like, I remember, it's like, you know, being in a tunnel where it's so dark, but at the end is light. We just can't see it sometimes. And so if we can be that, you know, be the ones holding those other people's hands in the dark, leading towards the light, then I would love to do that with you. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I, I we will need the help of many thousands, if not exactly. millions. Exactly. 
And Absolutely. It, it's so important that we that we join together in that. I've lost well more than 100 people I know, three this month, unfortunately, and two for every month for the last now 29 months. And it breaks my heart beyond. Yeah, you have dealt with, you have lost so much on that side. It's just, it's, it's just astounding. But I do want to go back because this is a, you said we would go back to this, how you saved her life, but she saved your life. Yeah. That's pretty myronic. And I want to, I want to hear that story. (laughs) And I'm glad to share that. I did two things. One, I am, I, there is a 0% chance that I'm going to identify her. She's, she, no, you the, don't ever have but, to use names, <laughs> but, but also I would say this, that I, I, I will say as part of the story that I saved her life, but really what I would say is this, that her, her life was saved because mm-hmm. partially in part, because I was willing to show up. And I think that's so, and, and I was willing to listen. So here's, here's what happened when we, when I was younger, when I was 16, I had my plan. I knew what I was going to do. I was on my way to do it. And in this part of the story is pretty quick is that she saw me not looking right. And she mm-hmm. offered me a ride and I said, no. And she, being who she is persistently, offered me a ride and basically forced me to like, you will come on a ride with me. She didn't know what was wrong. She didn't know what I was going to do, but she knew that something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And we went and we sat and we talked for hours. And that conversation, even though it wasn't directly about suicide, it literally, it was about sadness and hopelessness and all that. And we were both not equipped to help in some significant professional way, that conversation saved my life. I share that because showing up matters. Mm -hmm. You don't have to know the exact right words. You don't have to know, you don't have to be trained. Yes, it's helpful if you can get more of that information. And there are resources that I strongly suggest. Jackie Simmons does incredible work in that space. And especially working with kids and teenagers and helping to equip them in a very different way than most. But I look at that moment. And I say, here's a person who didn't even know what was going on, but just cared. Mm -hmm. And that changed everything. Well, she happens to be one of a few people, a very few people on the planet that I made a specific promise to. And I'm very careful with what promises I make to people. As you know, I made this promise that no matter what, no matter when, if you call, I will be there period. Hmm. And I've made that promise to five people ever. Wow. And I did not talk to her for 20 years. Oh, wow. And one night, the night before I was getting ready to go and do a significant thing at work that was worth over a hundred million dollars on the line. Oh, wow. 10 o'clock at night, the phone rings and it's her. And she says, I'm in a bad place and I need you. That's the short version. Mm-hmm. I dropped everything grabbed a go bag, told my family I was leaving, drove to her and talked to her all night. And we talked and she was in a very bad place and she ended up in a much better place. And the next morning I drove, not having slept at all to the meeting and did the thing. Mm -hmm. But that was after 20 years of not talking. And I say that because my core belief in life is that people matter most and relationships are everything. And so if you can just care and just show up, you can make a difference. 
Absolutely. That's, that's beautiful. I'm, it's so important for us to, well, first off, trusting those, those, cause you obviously, even though you made that commitment, you also knew you needed to be there for her because you had been there yourself, you know, like people don't realize the severity of where people can get to, you know, they don't know when is that point, you know, so it's, uh, but that is what we need. We just need one person that we can just be talking to sometimes to literally pull us off the edge. So thank God she was there for you and you were there for her. And that to me is, I mean, like divine irony. <laughs> well, and, I, and I'll say this, she didn't call thinking that I would come. She called thinking I might talk. Mm. Right. And I said, I'm coming. Yeah. Like, I'll be, I'll be there. And I think that, I think that's important, not because Pat Dan on the back, that's irrelevant. What it, what's relevant is that when you're in that darkness, when I've been in that darkness, I didn't go out and I didn't go out and say, Oh guys, I need some help. I was in the darkness. I wasn't even thinking about asking for help. I wasn't, I, I wasn't reaching out. Yeah. People, it was, you, you listened to that story from earlier from that first attempt. Then it was because she reached out to me. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is that's, that is very true. I know many times I've been in that darkness and the last thing I'm going to be doing is reaching out to anybody. So and so it seems just completely counterintuitive. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't you ask for help? But when you're when you're in the middle of it, that's just you. It's like our our brain short circuits, right? It just all all we see is you know we're so focusing hard on that one point of light that might still exist. Yeah. And when it feels like that light goes out, when it feels like it's not there, we're lost. We're not. We don't know what. We wouldn't even know what direction to reach out. Yeah, no, you're, you're completely, you're so right on that. And so, you know, it's like encouraging anyone who's listening, like just reach out to someone, you know, we hope someone will reach out, but just reach out to someone when you're in that place. I know it's, um, I will admit I, I was, I was in a dark place after this happened with my nephew. I couldn't believe how quickly I was pulled back into that and, you know, was really thinking suicidal, not that I would do it. So no one try to commit me, but, <laughs> but just being honest, like I really went down right. a, a dark, dark well, hole. It takes you back. It has that resonance of times past. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's the, that's the challenge with that, right? Is that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt for reasons related to my second suicide attempt, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I will never do it again. Yeah. But there are moments that cause me not to doubt, not to question, not to think, oh, I'm going to go do it. But there are moments that have a resonance to those past things that, that it's, it's almost like a PTSD from that moment of like yeah. flashing me back there. And I'm in no danger of doing it, but it's, I, I still appreciate when people reach out about it. I still appreciate the conversations. I have people in my life like you, who I know care and who do check in and things like that. That's, that's amazing. And, but I, I think even those of us who get past the spot where it's something that we would ever do are still, we still get those resonances, especially when really hard things happen. And my heart broke for you, as you know, we talked. I know. And, and, I know. and thank you for being there for me during that. Cause yeah. 
Always and forever. I'm there. Absolutely. And right back at you. So, okay. Well, now we're going to, we're going to lighten it up. up Yeah, let's lighten it up a little bit. So, but this was an important thing to bring into the conversation because we both have been, you know, affected and you, I have to say, I've never, I've never heard how many, one person have an effect like it does for you. And so the fact that you are creating this foundation, it really does appear to be your calling, one of your callings in life to be able to help others with that. So that's beautiful. Anything I can do to be a light, I'm, I am in it. It was, and it was as, it was as much of a surprise to me as anybody that this was part of my world, but the more that things have evolved, the more it's become clear that it is. Well, it goes to what you say in your, your, your business leadership coaching is, you know, finding your North star, which is the light, (laughs) you know, we're, we're, we're finding that. And I just, I love that saying, I truly, truly love that, you know, cause I feel like, um, I I know I, I said that one, um, that one message on your, on your episode, it was one foot leads straight. The other is misguided. Both are necessary and always present. Make sure to follow the straight foot because it's the fastest path to your destiny. And I feel that that straight foot is literally what following the North star is in just a different way of saying it. So, so I want to go into this path, this, this total transition that happened, because I know you used to be part of the corporate world and you were, you know, oh, and yeah, then, for a long time. Yeah. And then you decided to branch out on your own. And was it when you chose to make that decision and, you know, really take that leap of faith to go, was it, uh, uh, like just this pull inside you that just knew that it was time to, to make a it little happen. Bit. Uh, it was a little bit that. So I, I had, it really fits into the rest of this story. I, I told you before that I had gotten to this spot where I knew I was meant to do something, but I didn't know what. And so I, I started searching. Right. For 25 years, I was searching. I, I started selling. And then as I went and I became the best salesperson or one of the best salespeople in the industry, I, I got very, very good at it, but I wasn't fulfilled. So I gave up all that money to then lead salespeople. I helped over time, hundreds of people make six figures selling and that wasn't doing it. So I gave up all that money to go into true leadership, I guess, as I saw it. And I became a VP in, the, in a small company and then a district manager and a regional manager and a regional director in a large company. And I'm managing hundreds of millions in business, managing thousands of people and still not feeling fulfilled. Now, I learned a lot and I gained a lot, but I, I just, I knew it wasn't it. I knew I was meant to do something more. And so this is roiling up in me. Then I have this spot and, and this is another good Myrony to throw out there <laughs> that, that changed everything for me. And it's the, the reason that I listed as Myronic is because it is the smallest, most innocuous conversation you could ever have. And it completely changed my life. I like to say that we have inflection points in our lives and most people have six to eight across their entire life. This yeah. one for me is me leaving karate late at one late one night. My son and I, we've done martial arts together for eight years now. And we were leaving late one night and, we, and I was just having a casual conversation with one of my favorite teachers, Master Terry. And he looks at me and he says, hey, I, I've, I've been listening to this podcast by Tim Ferriss. I think you should listen. And I'm like, what's a podcast? <laughs> and this sounds totally like, like that was it. That was the whole conversation, by the way, that it wasn't right. long. It wasn't whatever. It wasn't tied to anything else. There was no motive from him other than to just share something he thought was cool. 
Right. I went and started listening. And that is the moment in my mind that my company started because I went and started listening and I realized how empty I'd been. I realized how I hadn't been feeding into myself. So I started just devouring that and feeding into myself and, and getting, and really getting back into energy and all this. And I, I, so I started learning and I got very hungry and I realized, wow, now I can give back. And why, and I started asking, well, why am I not happy? What am I supposed to be doing? Why am I not fulfilled? And then I realized as I got filled up more and more that I could give back, but I needed to either do what I was meant to do in the world or accept that I was never going to do what I was meant to do in the world. And I don't have 1% in me of accept that I'm not going to do what I'm meant to do. And then continuing our joyful irony, <laughs> a few months later, after our company had been purchased, the senior executives flew in to offer me my third promotion in five years. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they offered it to me and I sat back and I looked at them and I said, what would it look like if I declined? And I resigned and walked away from a quarter million a year to wow. go to zero to make nothing with no other income in our house and jump off the cliff and make our, company on the way down. And that's how Leaders Must Lead was born. But it came out of a couple of things. It came out of me realizing that I needed, that I was meant to do something that, that made a difference in the world and helped a lot of people. It came from me be, me having that that conversation that changed my world with Master Terry, which I think is the myronic moment of it all. Yeah. And it, and it came out of me being willing to step into what I was meant for. Absolutely. And you, you chose to go with your passion versus, you know, the money side, you know, like so many people, they're afraid to take that leap of faith, you know, but I, I but I believe that what you talk about with following your North Star, that's, you know, following our passion, that's going to lead to our North Star, that's going to lead us to where we're truly going to be happy and, and truly create, you know, that dreams are real. <laughs> Absolutely. And now I get to spend my life doing what I'm meant to do in the world. I get to spend my life helping creatives and women to get the foundations of success they need to actually legitimately achieve their dreams, regardless of their area of passion. Yeah. And in doing that, I know that that will accomplish my North Star to create generational change in the world and reduce the larger problems of the world measurably in the next 10 years. But being able to do that work of helping other people's dreams to come real, that's everything. Absolutely. Well, I know that you kind of jumped off another cliff when you chose to <laughs> when you chose to go on this speaking tour in yeah that there's a there's an earlier step in that that is that's really important uh, okay. that, that comes it's part of that part of that same story so i i love to meet new people I, I, as i said earlier people matter most relationships are everything yeah i was introduced by a friend of mine I was, I was introduced to a gentleman by the name of Ricky Shetty. Ricky is a really cool guy and, and travels the world. His, one of his goals is to travel to every country in the world with his family. Oh, wow. And I was introduced to him. We started talking and I thought, wow, this is a true digital nomad. This is really cool. And as I sat there, I, I connected with one of my core beliefs, one of my core principles, which is that we become the average of the five people we spend the most time around. Mm -hmm. And in spending 
that time and being around those people, it changes our lives. For me, I, I adapt a couple of things to it. I like to say that that the five should be reviewed every quarter and they don't necessarily have to be in person. But I was drawn to Ricky and I, I said, I need to spend some more time around you. So on a, on a what feels like a whim to most people, for me, it was a little more logically considered. I called him one night after I'd only talked to him probably two or three times. So we mm -hmm. talked for like a week or so. And I said, I've never come even half as far as you are because he was in the Philippines and I was in the US. And I said, but I'm going to come visit you. Oh. And I bought a ticket on like five days notice or a week or two weeks notice maybe and went on a five day trip to the Philippines. Now, for those of you who've done that trip, it's a day and a half each way or a day, day and a half each way. Wow. So I, I was on the ground for two and a half days. I was traveling for two and a half days. That's crazy. <laughs> and it was insane. It was this really cool thing where I got to meet a lot of great people, experience a new culture, get over my barriers to, tr to traveling a long distance, all of those things. On the way back and after I got back, as part, partially as a result of the inspiration from that trip, Ricky had the idea to form Freedom Summit Global and to have people come in. And then he and I talked and it was really the inspiration from our trip that developed it. And only three months later, from zero to three months, 50 people were going to come and speak in Manila and it became a five country speaking tour wow. that was put together in three months. And I was asked... Dan, will you come? You know, will you come back? Will you come speak? And I got to tell you, it was, it, it's, it's this big decision in some ways, right? It, it's really big because it's 45 days of my time that I can't do the primary thing in my business. It's basically 15,000 in money that I did not have. Absolutely 100%. Not, not like I had it budgeted. I'm just saying I didn't have it. Right. And 45 days of of not going forward in some ways in my business, all that money would have been really easy to say no. And I think most people probably would, but I have a principle that I follow. What moves me the furthest, the fastest toward my North star. You see, I clearly knew where I was heading. Right. And the only thing that matters is what gets me there. The furthest, the fastest, what makes the biggest impact. And as I looked at that, I said, two things are going to make a really huge impact. One is I, I know I'm going to be speaking a lot and this is a great opportunity to speak in multiple countries, five, mm -hmm. six countries in the space of a short period of time alongside amazing speakers. But also I had sold and I had spoken, but I'd never done both. Mm. And so this gave me a chance to learn from 50 people who were doing that. My number one gift in the world is synthesis, learning from a hundred places, taking a little piece and making it better than any of them. Right. But I, have, but I had to be able to synthesize. I have to be there. This was like ultimate synthesis. The bigger reason was because of the people I would meet and the relationships that I knew would form and what they would lead to. And that yeah. lead to is where this gets crazy myronic, right? <laughs> Literally, it gets Ms. Myronic here. Uh, it, <laughs> I went, it was the one of the best experiences, if not the best experience of my life. I met unbelievable people, many of whom I have deep relationships with to this day. And I came back and I knew I needed to start a podcast. I started the podcast. Some of the people who were there were part of the podcast. And to, to finish the ending of this part of the story, and we can dig in any of you like, but <laughs> one of them was Michael Baptiste, who was in Singapore at the time. And has, if you want to listen to some crazy episodes on the show, his story is unbelievable. Oh my God. His story <laughs> is so good. I was just like oh. on the, I was driving back from the event <laughs> that you and I met at. And it's like, you're like on the edge of your seat 
while driving, probably not the best way to be. Yeah, right? Oh God, it was so good. <laughs> so that's the only two part. That's the only two episode story we've done, by the way. Oh, so good. And it's so so good. And I met him, and and so he was on. We had his story. And at the end of every episode, I one of the questions that I ask is, "Who do you know that I should know?" He introduced me to his friend Tiffany Largi, who was on the show, who invited me to the event. And lo and behold, I show up at the event, <laughs> and the shining glory of light that is in front of me is Alicia. <laughs> Because we both didn't want to dance. <laughs> because we both did not want to dance. Nobody wants me to dance. They tell me, they tell me at our at our Taekwondo school, they say, Dan, if you dance, you're busted back to white belt. So that's not gonna happen. <laughs> well, I can dance, but I didn't want to dance that because I wanted to Dan. I wanted to meet Dan. Because oh, that was right. there you go. Because we, we talked were, for I think it was close to five, five hours. hours. Yeah, it was. We were it was so amazing. We were at Do the Damn Nation and through that, because we didn't dance, then I got to meet Dan. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty, uh, pretty crazy. And it's, and I look at that and I, I look at so many other things, so many other things that have come from it. I, I was looking the other day, just taking introductions back. And I have some introductions that I'm literally nine levels past where it started. Someone that I met there that introduced me to somebody, introduced me to somebody. Yeah. And I'm nine levels deep in only a year of meeting people through that, the fruit that that will continue to form in my life because of that experience will be incredible for the forever. Well, I want to go a little bit deeper with because of the myronies, because sometimes it's the smallest myrony that ends up having the biggest significance, because the reason from what I understand of why you really came out to that event in L.A. And again, you live in Michigan. And after you had been, you know, traveling, but it's like you and Tiffany had the same birthday. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We got introduced and Tiffany and I started talking. I learned about her. She learned about me. She said, I'm having this event in LA. And I, and I said, I don't know. She said, come on, I'm celebrating my birthday. And I was like, well, when's the event? She told me, I said, well, when's your birthday? And it's the same one. She said, you have to come see it's, it's destiny. You mm -hmm. have to come because it's my birthday. And that was definitely a part that pushed me over the edge and was like, all right, I guess I'm meant to be there. Right. And, exactly. And so because that was if, pretty cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, what's so crazy on my end is that I had met Tiffany a year before that through one woman international, and then just randomly get, you know, get reconnected with her and something told me I had to go to that event and I'm like why am I you know I mean yeah it sounded cool but but as soon as I met you and we talked I was like you are the reason why I was here really I'm honored truly. by that and it's been a it's been a fun time ever since Yes, it has. And I mean, we met such incredible people. And I mean, including Tiffany, I love Tiffany, Larry, you know, with what she does and, and helping people create their stories and whatnot. But we've met, I have so many now connections from that. I will say, I hope to one day uh, have the chance to talk to Michael Baptiste, because that guy is amazing. <laughs> 
that guy is amazing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but it's just so funny because I mean, that's where you threw this because you, when we look at, and so we're gonna, we're gonna go back to, you know, Todd came up with the word of Myronistic. So, you know, we're gonna use the word of Myronistic here, but so many Myronistic events from, because you got comfortable with going, you know, like you, you, you go and see your friend and then this incredible um, event is formed, but that's also how you meet Michelle Abraham of Amplify You. I met her during in Asia as well, as a result of that trip. I've met so many people that I'm close to. I met Leanne Lila Kaba, who is unbelievable. Uh, and I, I love what she does. She's the virtual Ate CEO at 20 years old of two companies. And now she's in her mid twenties. I, I met her and Tom and so many other just wonderful people as a result of that trip, Mike Sellis, who works, does, does amazing work in the Philippines, bringing light to the world and works in the area of mental health, as well as being a, a global life coach and so many other things. It, yeah. So many people that all came out of that. And all of us have these little myronistic, I guess now I will use. Moments. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Cause, um, you know, would you have, even though you had gotten into the podcast and you knew you wanted to do a podcast, was meeting Michelle one of the things that helped you get your podcast going? Oh, yes. And and I would actually say that your statement isn't all the way there. I did not go. When I went to Asia, I was not committed to doing a podcast already. That That decision was made while in Asia as a result of being there. And Michelle was absolutely a part of that, meeting her and hearing what she did and, and, and coming to understand what was really involved. But mostly, and this ties right into our story, I was sharing a message that was titled, Dreams Are Real, Overcoming Our Own Objections to Create the Life We Want. Mm -hmm. And as I did, and I ended up talking to a lot of different people for whom that impacted, I recognized the importance of story. And I, I, I thought of all the 5,000 hours of podcasts that I'd listened to, and I didn't hear anybody allowing a story to be told in a way that I thought that it needed to be. So we came back and, and when we created it, I knew that I had to, I wanted it to be something that could be signal instead of noise. I wanted something yeah. that could matter that, that, that others weren't doing. And when we came back, we said, no matter where you're from, that's why we did, we've had guests from 25 countries, right? No matter what you do, that we've had guests from 30 careers, no matter what you've been through. We've had guests talk about every challenge in the world, yourself included. I think you might've had all of them. And, <laughs> and, and we did that, that there are two things that are always true. There's always light through the darkness and dreams are always real. And that we wanted to give people a space to truly go deep and tell their story, but also come out of it and share what they learned from it. And I, there just isn't a lot of that out there. And no. so that came from that trip and it never would have happened if it weren't for that trip. See, and that's, that's where, you know, we look at that catalyst, which the catalyst was, you know, like you said, having that conversation with your, uh, with, oh, geez, I'm sorry. Your, your teacher, not what, what do you call them? Your, your, your teacher, your, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on what I'm sorry, type of. I'm not sure what you're going for. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on your martial arts teachers, like what. Oh, you... oh, with Master Terry, right? Yeah, okay. with Master wait, wait. Terry, and that he's like, oh, you should listen to this podcast, right. and then and then it's like if you start looking at, 
okay, maybe that was, oh, that was that spark. Oh, okay. So that now, was, that was an inflection point and the trip. I think most of us, when we think of inflection points, we don't notice them or know or, or understand them until afterward. Most yeah, of the time, if absolutely. we each have six to eight, I would say five of the eight or four of the six, we don't know until after. Mm-hmm. And that, that was certainly the case with my conversation with Master Terry. But my, I would say that the trip to Asia, the second trip, where I went to with this amazing group of speakers and people and was fortunate to, to meet and spend time with them, that is probably the only one in my life that I have known ahead of time, this will be an inflection point. And it, it was really cool to know that. And also a little scarier because you're, you're like, I'm jumping off the cliff and I know that it's an inflection point, but you don't know which way the inflection point goes. <laughs> well, right. And that's actually, you know, with what I say, discover myrony and your inner superpower. It's that inner knowing, even though you have no idea where it's going to go. Like it was like when I was, you know, going to that event, I said, I know I'm supposed to go. This is too crazy how this all came about. And so it's like, you know, encouraging people, it's like, when you really know, just let go of the fear and just go with it, because we have no idea where it's going to go. But it's that whole, um, it's that whole thing when doors open, walk through. Yeah, I I gotta do is just walk through. I agree. And for me, I, I like to say that one of the one of the things that I'm happy with in my life is that I've faced a lot of difficult decisions, but I've never shied away from them yeah. that I will always do what's right. Even if it's inconvenient. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's been really hard. Sometimes it's been brutally inconvenient, <laughs> whether it be financially or physically or emotionally, yeah. but I'll always do what's right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if you are willing to say, Every time that I face a difficult decision, I will step forward in courage and do what's right that you can't lose. I totally, completely agree. So, so in, um, let's, let's go into some more personal myronies of oh, like, sure. yeah, my life's I, filled with myronies. Oh yes, it is. That was the, that was the thing that freaking connected us. <laughs> Seriously, like we oh, had- Oh, it did. It like stitched us, stitched us together very quickly. Yeah, exactly. Your eyes were getting wide. And at that point, I'm like, what's a myrony? I'm just staring at you like, <laughs> okay. And now you've brought it fully into my vocabulary. It's mentioned in probably 20 of my podcast episodes. So you're, well, you're, it's because, you're out there. It's because myrony is actually different than synchronicity. Because it's the motion, it's the action we put behind it. So we can we can see the sign, we could see the synchronicity, but and we can have that intuitive pull. But unless we do some sort of action with it, it's just synchronicity. Right. So myrony actually has its own definition, and so it's synchronicity and motion. There you are, synchronicity and motion. <laughs> so and what, you are Alicia in motion. <laughs> So what, um, what myrony would you like to share with, uh, with our listeners today? What big, huge myrony? Well, there are a number. I mean, I know you got, you like maybe there are a number, but the, the one, as I thought about today and I was thinking about what stories have I told, what have I, what have I not told? what really resonates. What came to mind was the story of 
one of the most important things in my world, which is my son's birth. And my, my son, for anybody who listens to me anywhere, is the center of my world. I, I absolutely adore him. He is 17 years old. His name is Bryce. And I spend hours a day with him. That's wonderful. But when my wife was pregnant with him, it was, uh, it was difficult, but some crazy stuff happened. And as it always is one to do, I think in my life that what, what people like to refer to me as with air quotes, that guy, and there's a reason <laughs> for that. I mean, I have, I have a top 10 list of crazy injuries that have happened to me, but like no one else. Oh, I forgot about That's all right. like, yes. Oh yeah. Yes. The bowling ball to the head. And I almost died. The, I broke my finger walking. Oh, I had my head ridden down a hill under the snow and broke my nose. I almost I almost broke my shoulder playing ping pong. I've got all kinds of stories. <laughs> Wait, but you almost broke your shoulder playing I, ping pong. What were you doing? Trying to like, like slam the, the, I mean, no, I, just, I wish it was, I wish it was anywhere close to that. Cool. I was the, I, I was in, and really am the furthest thing from cool that you could probably imagine. But I, <laughs> I, I was on a retreat a church retreat when I was in high school and we, we, it was this weekend retreat in the middle of winter and we played like every sport and game that you could imagine. And I literally got hurt playing every one of them except tackle football. Oh my God. Tackle football. I was fine. That was where that was the same. That was, this was the same time where I had my head ridden down a hill by my, at that time, best friend. We went, we went tubing uh, down the hill and we locked arms. And he oh. thought I was leaning, but I was falling. And the next thing I know, my 6'3", 230 best friend is riding my face down the hill. <laughs> just pretty fantastic until you get up and broke your nose, your glasses full of snow. So oh, they, they, Everybody no. still laughs at it because thankfully I was all right. So then because I'm resilient, I kept going. And the next morning I'm like, my resilience has me playing ping pong. So we get out there, we're playing ping pong. And I'm like, I'm just like getting into it. I'm like, I'm not good at it. But I'm as I'm as good at that as I am at anything resembling sports. Let me play video games or I don't know, read. I'll be good. But playing sports, especially at that point, not so much. I go for, to to get the ball and completely neglect the fact that there is a cement pillar right next to the table. Oh which no! Which I slam my shoulder into that cement pillar. I, <laughs> And I had to quit the game. It was so much. And thankfully I was okay. But this is the story of my world. Like that my world is a, is a list of that. Oh. I'm so glad you got to share that. Cause I mean, I was, that was really funny. I'm so, oh, out of man. your, out of your pain, but. No, that's fine. Those are, those are thankfully some of the funnier injuries, but yeah, I've had, uh, I've had, I mean, I've had five major concussions. I've had all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh my goodness. And and some people might say the first couple fixed something, the last couple hurt something, whatever they, they <laughs> but thinking, coming back to my, coming back to my son though. So we, my wife was pregnant with my son and I was working. We were living in Indiana. I had a, I had a pretty good job, although it, it had become brutal, but I was, I was good at it. I was, I was actually just a couple of days away. This is pertinent from being promoted to area vice president, my first multi-unit management position. Mm -hmm. And I was super excited. I had worked for years to, to earn this. And we had a conference call one morning 
And I should note, my wife was eight months pregnant, not just pregnant. Okay. It was eight months pregnant. So along a little bit. Yeah. And they have a conference call one morning and I go into the office and I'm like, all right, let's do the conference call. And they said, our company has existed for 60 years and it's closing today. Oh. We are, we are bankrupt as of today. Oh, the wow. severance you can take is what you can take from the office and your insurance ends right now. Oh God. As you can imagine, yeah, my, my response was not calm. No, it was not. Oh, everything's all good. And like now at this point in my life, my response might actually be that I, I feel like I'm in a very different place, a little more mature. I've learned some things at that point, 18 years ago. That is not how I felt. Yeah. So I, I go home and I do the things. I, I start looking. I was very fortunate to get a couple of job offers very quickly, but they were both out of state. So here we are having to move with my eight month pregnant wife who was really thrilled about moving. She couldn't travel. So I had to go pick out the house in the best we could. And we had no money. So my options were pretty limited. And I say, pick out the house. I had to pick it out such that when she showed up, she sat down in front of it. You have to understand it's June. It's pretty warm at that point. She sat down in front of it and cried because she hated it so much. I did an awesome job. So she's eight months pregnant. We find her a new doctor and she's like nesting. She's like, I come home. She's up on a ladder painting the room. Oh yeah. The house had no air conditioning, by the way. Oh, Great no. for your eight month pregnant wife who just moved into a house she hated. <laughs> Yeah, I was winning points all over the place, I promise. But I would found a new job. So like, that was cool. And actually, that job led me to a lot of places I am now. There's a good irony. And mm -hmm. then secondly, is that we then go and we, we go to have Bryce. And and unfortunately, it got very complicated without without sharing too many details. Basically, my wife almost died during oh my that. God. And the anesthetic didn't work and all this. But one of the top, we were at, we were at a really good hospital the University of Michigan hospital. Now in mm -hmm. Indiana, we were not near a great hospital at the University of Michigan hospital, the day that she was giving birth and that it got very complicated, which if you want to know how to tell whether it got complicated, take the, take the doctors and nurses who are all joking and they suddenly just get quiet. Oh, not the sound you want to hear. Right. And I already didn't really want to be in the room. Now I really didn't want to be in the room. <laughs> and I'm I'm just I'm just there like, okay, I'm squeamish. I'm here. Wait, that that doesn't sound good. One of the top experts in the world happened to be visiting. <gasps> came into the room and saved her life. Oh. Now the baby baby was fine. My son was fine the whole time, but they saved her life. Oh wow. Had we been in Indiana, had I had the job that I right. had, that, had I gotten the promotion that I had wanted and worked for years for, my yeah. wife would not have lived. My son would not have had his mother. Oh but because God. all of that happened and we went through all of that craziness, she lived and my son and her are both alive today. Oh my God, that is the best story of Myrony on like divine. I mean, talk about divine design of like, you know, one thing happens where we think it's the worst thing in the world, but then you, it's actually a miracle happened yeah. that that person was there to be able to save your, your yep. wife's life. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty incredible. And, uh, I, 
the miracle of that and the miracle of many things in my life have just brought me to gratitude. And I've, I've, I've shared a lot recently of even, even of the heart attack I had earlier this year. And, and all of this leads up through a whole process of finding my personal resonance to me being able to lay on that operating table when I was having a heart attack. And they said that 60% of people didn't live through what I lived through. And all that went through my mind, other than yes, some fear was 90, in this moment, in my darkest hour, on my darkest day, 90% of the things in my life are good. And I choose to live in gratitude. And I felt this peace and gratitude. And I, that, that's a message that I really would share with everyone is that on your, in your darkest moment, on your darkest day, no matter how bad it is, 90% of the things in your life are good. And I say that not with some cavalier attitude of talking about small and light and easy things. As you hear that mm -hmm. I share, I say that of real and heavy things. And I've lost a lot of people in my life, in my life. And I've lost a lot of things and time in my life. But I know that we live surrounded by good. Absolutely. And that's why, I mean, it truly life is good. And it's just seeing, it is seeing the light through the dark, for sure. You know, it's, it's seeing the beauty through the ugly, you know, we have to go through the ugly sometimes to see the beauty, which is also, yeah, so I, I agree. And I also think that we have to be willing to share the ugly. I, I that's what oh, absolutely. I, I took a, I took a version of that from Tiffany's training that the, it, it, but I've adapted it to my own words. And, and I would say this, I would say that the good and the bad, sharing the good and the bad may help people, but the ugly is what transforms lives. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I felt from the beginning of when I was going through everything. I knew I was going to be writing a book about my, my, the story of my life and showing that, you know, showing the dark side, the ugly, the really ugly, ugly side, because that's how that is that transformation. It's not the, it's not the happy ending, you know, it's right. not, you know, it's, it's not that, you know, we, we all want the fairy tale ending, but when we can hear beautiful stories, then we can cheer and be happy. But we really realize that the, the change that happens in life is when we go through that, because otherwise people don't, a lot of people that haven't gone through much for whatever right. reason, they can't even fathom what that is because they've never had to experience it. And no, do we want everybody to go through really dark times? But I, I think for like what for for you and also for myself, why our higher selves, even though they may be a little crazy, have chosen to to put you know, put us through many tests. I mean, many tests. I mean, you've been through more tests than me in, in the sense of like, yeah, even. Well, I, I want to, I want to put it, put an anchor there for a second. I, I think one of the, one of the dangers in all of our lives is comparison. And I don't say this just, just for you. I, I really say this for those who are listening. Right. It's easy to listen to somebody and say, they've been through more, they've been through less, they've been through harder, they've been through easier. And I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter because we all have our own journey. We all have things that are going to be incredibly difficult for us. And we're only rated, we're only dealing with it on our own scale. Oh, and, absolutely. And we can hear others and we can be inspired and that's good. We can hear others and we can be challenged and that's good, but we should use that. We should be careful not to use that as a, as a perspective of comparison that causes us trouble. 
we've all experienced some darkness and we've all and we'll all find the light and by the way if we haven't we then we then we probably will yeah <laughs> right? that like is it's, true it's, it's probably it's, coming it's part of it's part of life absolutely so I just, I, I just think that com- comparison is a thief and it's just so important that we, that we're vigilant for that. I do think that it, there, there are times where it's valid and I think it's worth looking at a lot that I, I know hundreds, if not thousands of people that have been through immensely more than, yeah. I've, than I've ever debated or, or come close to being through. And I, I think that how much someone has been through doesn't validate or invalidate their story. I think it, I think what it does, the more things that we've been through may allow us to connect with more people. It may allow us the honor of having the, those touch points with a larger audience. And I, I greatly appreciate that, but your story, whoever you are, wherever you are, your story matters and you have incredible value right where you are. Absolutely. And if we can all look at from a place of compassion for whatever the story is that anybody has felt or, yeah, because it is true. We all go through it, but it's that it is that resiliency, you know, that I'm so grateful you were able to fight through to now be able, you know, to to share this with the world and everything that you're creating. So, so to go into that, how can people connect with you? What would you like to share in regards to, you know, leaders must lead and whatever you want to share. <laughs> well, let's see if we can keep it pretty straightforward for everyone. Certainly check out the Dreams Are Real podcast, please. Yes. <laughs> and listen to Alicia's episode. Her story will blow you away. We've mentioned yeah. some others, but check that out. And I would encourage you also to join the Dreams Are Real Facebook group as well, that where we talk about the podcast, but about so much more. There's a lot of inspiration there. We're actually going to be starting a really cool interactive uh, group that'll happen through Zoom every week pretty soon and have lots, lots of tools and resources there. Also, if you're welcome to look on Linktree slash Leaders Must Lead, you'll find all sorts of stuff about me, but connect with me, either my name, Dan McPherson, or Leaders Must Lead everywhere. I believe that relationships matter so, so much. They are everything and that people matter most. And so I would love to connect with you on whatever platform I'm out there. I am, I'm the last, the last thing I am is hard to find. So (laughs) definitely, definitely look. And if I can, if I can be of help in some way and, and I can support you in some way or encourage you in some way, I would absolutely love to do that. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's really a, a, as simple as that. I am, I, I have this mission to work with women and creatives and to show the world how powerful women and creatives and their influence in this world are. And, and people in the LGBTQ community, I would be remiss if I missed that. But those, those three groups in, in their own ways absolutely change the world in a powerful way. And by helping a million of them to do it, we're going to change the world in an incredibly powerful way. Generational change. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's not me, it's we, you know, and when we can pull our, when we can all come together and truly share our stories, that is the power that we're able to put out there and, and help people. So, well, what you are doing matters. I just want to, I just want to pause and say, thank you for what you're doing. You, you bring such a light to the world. And I, I know that, there are probably nobody listening to this point that doesn't get that, but I, I <laughs> but I would, I would be remiss if I did not say that and, and highlight it out since the moment we met 
you have been light and shining to me and you doing this podcast and sharing about a word and a concept, but also about a love and an idea, a passion and an impact make such an incredible difference in every step you take. And I appreciate you and your light in the world. And I know that your audience does as well. Oh, well, thank you, Dan. And I appreciate you so much. And you're the reason how this podcast is the way that it is. So I am eternally grateful for that. So on that note, um, that, that we'll, we'll see you next time on That's My Rooney Podcast. And again, Dan, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you all for joining me on That's My Rooney Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the Myronic stories shared today and possibly got you to connect to the Myronies in your own life. As you listen to this podcast, you'll start catching signs that are so subtle, but can have the biggest impact on your life. So pay attention to that inner voice and watch the Myronies appear in your life, just like the guest in my next episode. And please connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and that's myrony.com where you can share your unbelievable myronies. Also, if you 